Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All this focus, focus is supposed to be scientific. Welcome to Back from the Borderline, everyone. I am your host, Molly, and we are back with another premium submarine exclusive episode. If you're tuning in from the public feed, you will get a free preview, but for my subscribers, you're going to get the whole thing. But before we dive in, we're going to have a quick break for a word from my sponsor. Long-term listeners of the podcast know that I only vouch for things that actually hit home for me. It's no secret that psychologist Carl Jung's ideas have been a game changer in my own recovery journey, and I stumbled onto something that takes it up a notch. After researching ways that I could up my knowledge in the world of depth psychology, I came across Jung Platform and took two of their courses. They made such an impact on me that I reached out to Young Platform's team to see if they'd be willing to collaborate with me in some way. And I'm excited to say that they were. The courses I took through Young Platform helped me dig into my own personal myth and meaning. So if these discussions we're having here on the podcast resonate with you, 
you'll probably find a course that you love on Young Platform. Recently, the ones that made the biggest impact on me were taught by Dr. Ken James, one on active imagination, and his other course on the Jungian perspective of the tarot. It feels like everyone's selling courses these days, but with Young Platform, it's like a hub for diving into psychology and spiritual ideas, and they have some of the most top-notch teachers making it happen. And now for the cool part. You get an exclusive 10% off any Young Platform course using my link in the episode description. Just punch in Molly10 at checkout. That's M-O-L-L-I-E 10 at checkout. This code works for any of the courses, but is not valid for their official certification programs. So take a quick second, hit that link in the episode description, snag the discount, and let's keep this journey rolling. Happy learning. And now let's dive straight back into the episode. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for today. I found a really cool article that we're going to go through and react to. But first, let's talk about who wrote this article in the first place, because it makes a big difference when you realize the perspective it's coming from. Joanna Moncrief is a British psychiatrist and researcher. She's known for her work in the field of psychopharmacology. What is psychopharmacology? It is the scientific study of how drugs affect our behavior and our minds. Dr. Moncrief is associated with University College London, or UCL. She works there as a senior lecturer in the Department of Mental Health Sciences. She has written numerous research papers and articles on topics related to psychiatric drugs, including antipsychotics. What is unique about Dr. Moncrief is that she has been critical of certain aspects of psychiatric drug treatment and has advocated for a much more cautious and critical approach to the use of psychotropic medications instead of doing what we do now, which is throwing them out like candy. She released in July of 2022, I believe, a groundbreaking research paper, which was published as a systematic review in a journal called Molecular Psychiatry that debunked the serotonin hypothesis. And essentially their paper brought together all of the evidence that contradicts what has been shoved into the mainstream consciousness, which was that depression is caused by low serotonin. And she found that, in fact, there was little to any evidence of any abnormality of serotonin in people with depression. Now, this was groundbreaking news 
back in July of 2022. While yes, many people that practice in the spaces of mental health have in their own minds known that the serotonin hypothesis slash myth is bogus, the average everyday person still believes that mental disorders, personality disorders, depression, that things that are quote unquote wrong with your brain can be caused by different chemicals being out of balance in your brain chemistry. These types of arguments that you have low serotonin, things like this. I was just at a random appointment the other day and I got into a conversation with some beauty provider. She was an esthetician. I got into a conversation with her. She asked me what I did and that always is like a fun conversation because I'm like, I just do a mental health podcast and then people want to know. And so sometimes we get into these conversations and I try not to just say how I feel, but I ask people, what do they know about mental health? And I say that I talk about trauma and the different diagnostic labels. And this woman essentially just said, yeah, well, I have an aunt who has bipolar disorder, but I know that she's doing better now. She's on medication because it really balances the chemicals in her brain. And in my mind, I'm going, this is still the collective belief. And in these moments, I don't contradict people at all because it's not my space to do that. This is where I do this here on the podcast. But when I'm just out in the wild, I just listen to people and I know that they're not meaning to perpetuate this myth. This is a systemic thing. And psychiatrists who will roll their eyes and say that people that are critical of psychiatry blah, 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 you're going on about the serotonin hypothesis. No one believes that anymore. Yes, they do. And the industry of psychiatry and the pharmaceutical industries perpetuated this myth and continue to knowing full well that it's bogus. And this is something that the collective needs to begin to wake up to. And it's happening more and more. But the fact that I go out and I have conversations with people all the time, and that's how my conversation goes when I meet someone that doesn't know me at all. I just say, I do a mental health podcast. And typically people will just start talking about what they know about mental health. And I swear, 80 to 90% of the time, that's where the conversation goes, is people immediately bring up, oh, I have a family member. It's always, it's always someone else. Oh, so-and-so that I know, has narcissistic personality disorder that's incurable or someone will say you know oh my cousin suffered from depression but they're doing better because they're on xyz medication and it corrects their chemical imbalance this is still happening so when dr moncrief put out this study needless to say she suffered a ton of blowback from the psychiatric community some of which being oh yeah we don't even believe that anymore well yes you do and the study doesn't say that antidepressants don't work because the thing is anybody knows if you've been on antidepressants, sometimes you do take them and feel better. But what the paper exposes is that they don't work the way that we think that they do. And it also throws into question the impact that taking these kinds of psychiatric medications, but she likes to say drugs, because we say medications when we get it from a doctor. You say it's drugs when you get it from someone on the street. But in reality, all of these things are affecting the way that your brain works and affecting your level of consciousness. So we don't like to think about that with psychiatric drugs, but that's, that's the case. And she wants us to question their efficacy, how they work, and whether they're safe for long-term use because a lot of people are on these long-term. 
So recently I came across an article by Joanna Moncrief. It's actually older and it was released in 2017, but she writes this article and the title is Are Mental Disorders Brain Diseases in Waiting? And before we dive in and start reacting and analyzing what she wrote, she makes mention of a character named Thomas Saz. So when you hear me refer to Thomas Saz, it's important to know who this character is. He has since unfortunately passed. He passed away in September 2012, but he was a Hungarian-American academic and psychiatrist. He served in his career as a professor of psychiatry at the State University of New York Upstate Medical University. He is a distinguished lifetime fellow of the American Psychiatric Association and a life member of the American Psychoanalytic Association, but he was best known as a social critic of the moral and scientific foundations of psychiatry and as what he saw as the social control aims of medicine in modern society, as well as in what he called scientism. He wrote two incredibly popular books, one called The Myth of Mental Illness, which was released in 1961, and The Manufacture of Madness, released in 1970. And these books contain some of his best arguments. And if you're new to this world, I highly recommend anyone who is seeking care in our mental health systems and has struggled with your mental health or been told and that you had some kind of disorder or dysfunction, I highly recommend that you read these two books and open your mind and then see how you feel afterwards. Because many people who feel broken or have been harmed by our systems can read these kinds of books that are written by people who were in deep in these systems and came out and spoke out against them. It can be incredibly validating. And also, if you're someone who's just on a recovery journey, it's important that you read this stuff because the most important thing we can do now is develop our critical thinking. And even if you feel empowered by a diagnostic label and you are on the road to recovery, that's great. But it's also important to read these kinds of things because it just helps you better advocate for yourself. And it's really important for your personal sovereignty not to just swallow what one side is telling you. These books will really blow your mind. So Thomas Saz argued throughout his career that mental illness is a metaphor for human problems in living and that mental illnesses are not illnesses in the sense that physical illnesses are, and that except for a few identifiable brain diseases, there are, quote, neither biological or chemical tests nor biopsy or necropsy findings for verifying DSM diagnoses. Boom, mic drop. And for his entire career, he maintained that he wasn't anti-psychiatry, but rather that he opposed coercive psychiatry. And by that, meaning forcing people to do things against their will, not giving them all the information, maybe making them feel like they're permanently broken, that kind of thing. He was a staunch opponent of civil commitment and involuntary psychiatric treatment, but he believed in practice psychiatry and psychotherapy between consenting adults. What a novel concept, right? <laughs> so now that we have all that important context out of the way and you know who Thomas Saz is, you'll understand who Dr. Moncrief is referring to in her article. So she starts off by writing, in the last blog, I refer to how Saz, Thomas Saz, 
argued that mental disorders are not rightly thought of as illnesses or diseases because these terms refer to conditions of the human body and mental disorders consist of patterns of human behavior. Some people have tried to maintain the idea that mental disorders can be thought of as illnesses or diseases by detaching these terms from their link to their body. However, we saw how this approach just empties the terms of any distinctive meaning and leaves us unable to differentiate between situations that have distinctive implications and a call for radically different reactions. In fact, because we have muddied the concept of illness so much, we've had to invent new concepts to refer to a bodily disorder. We talk of organic illness or physical illness or medical illness, for example, and the concept of disease also sometimes works to indicate a specifically bodily condition as opposed to illness, which is used more widely. For me here, she's really talking about how compartmentalized we've gotten with viewing these things, right? If you have a mental illness, you're not thinking of anything also relating to your physical body. It's why the rise of somatic and trauma-informed therapeutic modalities is so important right now because these therapists are starting to recognize that, you know, as Bessel van der Kolk so famously said in his book, The Body Keeps the Score, the body does keep the score. We hold some of this stuff in our muscles, in the way we clench our jaw, holding our breath, in not even moving our body, in restricting our eating. All of these things that we do are the mind-body connection. And how is it that we've gotten so far in just treating the mind? How is that working out for us? Not very well, as I'm sure Joanna Moncrief would agree. She goes on to write, the other way in which people have tried to enfold mental disorders within the category of disease is by claiming that they are diseases of the body, particularly of the brain. We're all familiar with this rhetoric, which often presents the ideas as if it had been conclusively demonstrated, right? So here she's saying is, we all really believed that mental disorders are diseased brains. This has been drilled into us over the decades, but not one time have they conclusively ever proved this with quote-unquote science, which they claim all the stuff is based on because they're playing with the big boys. They're playing in the medical field, psychiatrists. So if there really is a mental disease or mental illness, well then show us. And she goes on to cite a few instances where these myths are still being perpetuated. She writes, the website mentalhelp.net tells us, for example, that quote, Data from modern science research paper proves that schizophrenia is unequivocally a biological disease of the brain, just like Alzheimer's disease and bipolar disorder. See? We're still being flooded with headlines like this from places like mentalhelp.net. How much more official can it get? She goes on, similarly, quote, and here's another headline, ADHD is a neurological disorder that develops during childhood and can persist into adulthood. Again, that one from mentalhelp.net. ADHD is a neurological disorder that develops during childhood. Another website psychiatrist, E. Fuller Torrey, claims that, quote, since the early 1980s, with the availability of brain imaging techniques and other developments in neuroscience, 
the evidence has become overwhelming that schizophrenia and manic depressive disorder are disorders of the brain. This is from the website schizophrenia.com. I shit you not. So if someone out there who's struggling and is searching, why am I hearing voices or what's going on? They may find themselves on schizophrenia.com. Read that and say, yep, I have a brain disorder. However, there is no evidence, but this article says the evidence has become overwhelming. What evidence? And that's what Dr. Moncrief is pointing out and has spent her career pointing out from a very high level academic perspective. This isn't just some conspiracy theorist on the internet. This is a serious academic. She goes on, despite such statements, we're a long way from finding a specific pathology that aligns with what we call schizophrenia, psychosis, depression, anxiety, ADHD, OCD, or any other mental disorder you care to name. The fact that there are some subtle group differences between people with some diagnoses and quote, normal controls, in other words, normal people, uh, what do they call it? Neurotypical people in aspects of brain structure or function does not demonstrate the presence of a neurological disease. What she's saying here is, yes, yeah, sure. We can put people that you've labeled with all of these mental health disorders in a control group with people that you perceive to be normal human beings, but that doesn't prove that there's a disease. It proves that there is a judgment being made about a, what a normal brain is. All right, everyone, that's it for this week's preview of the premium submarine version of the podcast. If you'd like to unlock this full episode, as well as hundreds of hours of additional bonus content, visit patreon.com slash back from the borderline and sign up to become a premium submarine today. All right, I'll see you right back here next time. And don't forget anyone, including you can come back from the borderline. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.